With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. The boys are back. Actually, just one boy this week. Um, Scott took the week off, and it's Granty Boy. And before we get into the show, let me talk about our sponsors. And we got a new one, an exciting one, that I'm actually pretty pumped about because we're going to get some samples. And now I lost the fucking ad copy. Here we are. Okay. Of course, we're going to start off with our boys over at betonline.ag and maybe girls. This week has tons of sport action. Uh, NFL draft just ended. Kentucky Turby is back on. Actually, that just ended too. First leg of the Triple Crown begins this weekend. What is the Triple Crown? I don't fucking know. Uh, get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including Major League Baseball, NBA, NHL, all your UFC, MMA action. I saw a clip of M- uh, U- what is it? MMA, UFC. Saw a guy do a spinning elbow and just absolutely shatter this guy's head and knock him out. It was insane. I don't know how people can watch that stuff. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or your mobile device and check out all the great sports news. Sign up for bonuses and contact contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Royals are going to win the World Series this year, baby. Bet Online, your sports book your online sportsbook experts experts i can't i can't read of course locker room this is our cool thursday shows that i think everyone needs to start joining we got to get some more some new blood in there i'm tired of hearing from chef just kidding chef keep joining uh we appreciate you um locker room it's a free audio only social media platform for sports fans You can start or join ongoing conversations. You can watch games together, react to big news, rumors, games, talk with other sports fans, insiders, athletes can join, anybody can join um, in real time. Basically just conversations with me and Scott, and uh, you have a chance to be featured on the Your Team podcast or whatever that means. Um, Scott and I will be hosting rooms every week on Thursdays at 7 p.m. Come through and talk with us live. It's very fun. And our new sponsor, which I'm really pumped about, Kansas City Steaks. You work hard and you play hard. So treat yourself and stock up for summer barbecues with Kansas City Steak Company. Uh, Visit KansasCitySteaks.com. Get 10% off your order and free shipping with the code S, capital S, capital D, SD, at checkout. From classic steak cuts to USD Prime to American-style Kobe, hard-to-find specialty cuts, and more Kansas City Steaks has everything you need to fire up the grill. They make it easy. Each order from Kansas City Steaks is a flash frozen and delivered directly to your home. Satisfaction guaranteed or your money back. Imagine relaxing in the backyard with your family while enjoying steakhouse-quality meals from Kansas City Steaks. You got to be able to cook it correctly, though, or you're going to fuck up the steak. I mean, it, can't be, it may not be a steakhouse quality if, if Chef gets a hold of it. Try their butter tender filet mignon, Kansas City, steaks, or Kansas City Strips, juicy steak burgers, 
All beef jumbo hot dogs and even complete meal combos. Bring the steakhouse to your house this summer with Kansas City Steaks. Go to KansasCitySteaks.com and get the 10% off your order. Free shipping with code SD at checkout. That's KansasCitySteaks.com, code capital SD. That's it. Let's start the show. It's the moment of the evening every K-State fan enjoys. Settle down and pour a whiskey, crack open a LaCroix. Please put your hands together and make a little noise for your favorite wildcatters, the handsome Bosco boys. Welcome back to the Bosco's Boys podcast. This is going to be kind of a random episode today. Kind of similar to a free play Friday where it doesn't have any rhyme or reason um, for being in existence. But um, just me and my friend Dan, the current trivia champion, two-time trivia champion actually. Technically, this is your third appearance on the show. Um You've been around K-State Sports for a really long time. You're involved with KC Catbackers, I believe. You're my good K-State and Arsenal buddy, Dan Merker. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. That was a very kind way of saying you're awful old, but I appreciate it. You are old, but you're not that old. Um, so let's just start from the genesis. Um, walk us through your fanhood with K-State. You know, When were you like at school? When did you graduate? All that good stuff. Yeah, I'm, I might be atypical from a lot of K-Staters because I didn't grow up in a purple household or anything. Um, I grew up in the Kansas City area in Johnson County, and um, neither of my parents were K-Staters. Uh, my dad went to UMKC and uh, a couple other places for his degrees. My mom's from Indiana, and my whole family are Hoosiers on that side. So um, I guess if I had any sort of influence growing up, it was on Indiana. Like, it was a big deal when they won the basketball championship in what was it, 87, I think. Um, but no real ties to anyone in the area. And uh, when I was looking at schools, uh, Manhattan seemed like it was a hell of a lot better place for me than Lawrence. So um, I really it was kind of when I was in high school in the mid-'90s looking to uh, where I was going to go to college, K-State became it. And um, you know, once I decided that that was where I was going to school, uh, being a sports fan that I am, I really started to pay attention. And that was also... Um, really the time where K-State football started taking off under Bill Snyder as well. Um, I remember some of the games being a big deal in like 93, 94, 95, my later years of high school and really getting into that. So um, I, I really hit it a great time. I graduated high school in 95 and uh, my four years at school there were 95 through 98 in the football seasons and they just were upward trajectory that whole time. So it was a great time to be a student. That's an elite time to be there. I I think we were both lucky. I mean, I was there for a couple of years at K-State um, in 11 and 12. So decent time for me to jump back in and be a student um, at the time. I got to adjust my volume. For some reason, it's low as shit. But um, you're like a live sports guy more than anyone I know. I go to a lot of sporting events, um, yeah. Times have changed, I think, since your time in college. Like, even since my time in college, what do you miss the most about, like, the old days of live sports versus kind of how they're presented now? Um, I think the big thing was just, you know, before smartphones and everything, the presence. Like, you're there, and that's all you're there for. There are no distractions. 
Um, you know, everyone says things were great back in their day and, and they were, but, um, yeah, I, I just kind of really love the full immersive experience and as great as it is to, um, have everything available all the time, uh, you know, for a long time, if you wanted to see the game, you had to go to it, uh, home or away. I remember even some of our really good years in the late nineties, um, we might have four or five games a year that weren't on TV at all. So I remember being in my dorm room listening to the last-minute play against Cincinnati uh, in 1995 when I think Kevin Lockett caught the pass at the at the gun to win the game, and um, that wasn't on TV. It was just radio. So uh, it was it was really cool. And of course, everyone you know everyone that had any affiliation with K State was just jumping on the bandwagon. But yeah, the big thing I think from from back then was there were no distractions there was nothing else you're just there you're there for the game you're not uh tweeting or checking up on other stuff it's just you're there yeah it's interesting like it kind of goes both ways because the accessibility to sports via television is something that is great and something that i love and on one hand like i've been an arsenal fan since like the mid 90s for basically as long as I've been a K-State fan. And early on when we were elite, I, it took like everything in my creative um, ability and, and, and um, detective ability to find out what was going on with Arsenal, find out a way to watch Arsenal. And, I mean, you know, we had Fox Soccer Channel since like 96, which, you know, occasionally, you know, you'd be able to watch your team live, which was great. But, you know, now, like, you can see literally any game live. I say that with a little bit of a grain of salt because of the Royals thing that's happening. And a lot of people living in Kansas City can't fucking watch the Royals, which is bullshit. But um, I can't decide which is better because I do think that having the accessibility to, like, pretty much any sports game with, like, streaming and, and you know, TV packages is great. Because now it's like broadened my sports fan hood of like all different types of sports, and I've become a you know I'm getting into hockey. I'm get, I'm getting more into baseball now, um, and it's great. But going to games is totally different. Yeah, the accessibility is incredible, and it's definitely better now. I mean, the whatever downsides there are of it are minimal compared to the upside. Just you know, I'm I'm a lot more worldly about things uh, because I can watch them. Um, you know, kind of one of the other things that. Uh, takes a little bit of the shine off is the ability to time shift things as well, right? Um, you know, you, you don't plan your day around it. You can watch things later, and it's cool to be able to do that, but it's just not the same as watching things live. So I, I really like to watch things live as, as much as possible. And then, uh, you know, you get the interaction of Twitter folks as well, which I enjoy. That's actually a new thing that I find to be interesting too that's changed, like, how you watch sports. I try. There are certain games that I'll try to like, especially if I'm in the stadium, I'll put my phone away because it's it's like I don't want to see some of the people's reactions because it kind of changes how you view the game in a way. Yeah, my phone is away when yeah. I'm at games. I, I don't look at it. I might check out some things at halftime or something, but, um, you know, I'm there for what's happening on the field. Yeah, I agree. Um, so 94 to 98, were you more of like a hoops fan or a football fan? Obviously, it was easier to be a football fan, but you are, you know, kind of a, I think you're kind of a hoops fanatic. You have season tickets. 
you make more games than people than I realize or than that I know of. So yeah, I drive I drive from Kansas City to Manhattan a lot during. You got some short season. shorts from like the eighties. Yeah, those were just. I mean, they were available on eBay for like twenty bucks. I couldn't <laughs> let them go. Uh, they're, they're certainly not for wearing. No one wants to see that much of my thigh. Um, yeah, I so I love them both, but I really. Again, not having grown up with K-State, it was kind of a bit of a slow burn to become a full diehard. I didn't just flip a switch like that. And football was everything. You know, it was it was what everyone talked about. And basketball was kind of starting to go on a downslide. That's when Tom Asbury was there. And uh, things were not looking great. And I thought we were atrocious when I was a student. And I look back, <laughs> and we went to the NCAAs my freshman year and had two NITs. So... Um, what I was thinking was bad was about to get a whole lot worse when we went, what, seven or eight years without any postseason at all. Um, so, you know, it, it's like asking what your favorite child is. I love both of them equally now, but when I was there, it was for sure I was about football. I, I didn't even get basketball tickets the first couple of years I was there because no one really went to games. I didn't have anyone to go with. So um, it was a bit depressing, but I was glad to see hoops kind of get relevant again and that Bob Huggins hire was such a game changer for, like, you could see the dormant fan base of all the K-Staters that really do care about basketball and were just wanting something to support. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't... Jesus Christ, what is wrong with my volume? I'm going to pause real quick. This is fucked up. Hello, hello. We're back. Sorry if I blew anyone's ear out. I edited it, so it should be okay. Um, I don't know where we were. I think we were talking about Bob Huggins. I was going to talk about Bob Huggins and the fact that I was not a basketball fan in any way until Bob Huggins was hired. That put us on the map. I mean, I would very casually watch, but not much of a basketball guy in general. But when Bob Huggins came in, I immediately kind of latched on. I mean, I was, man, that's crazy. I was 15. It was, was like 15 years ago. It was. I think he was hired in 07. That's yeah. absolutely nuts. But, um, yeah, I mean, thank God for Bob Huggins. I don't think he gets enough credit or respect for being the guy that kind of put us on the map and he was only here for one season imagine had we had bob huggins for five or six i think the damage we could have done in the conference maybe in the tournament it, it lit the spark at least and you know to his credit when he left and went home he left everything else here and just started back up from scratch at west virginia and um yeah having a really relevant hopping program like it was different it was palpable as you know i I rooted for the bad teams under Woldridge just as much as I did the Huggins teams and the Martin teams, but I, you knew that no one, it wasn't going anywhere. You know, they had some solid players, and they were fun to watch, but um, really you were just rooting for – it was like rooting for a second-division soccer team. It's just You just hope to not entirely suck and maybe squeak into an NIT, and that was – having seen what we've gotten since then, um, it's, it's night and day. But, yeah, that was excellent. Best games you've ever been to in person, K-State related. Okay, well. Hoops and football. Yeah, top of the list, I would say, has to be the Xavier game in Salt Lake City. That was unbelievable. Even looking back on it now, it was crazy. Um, I died a thousand deaths that night of stress and drama and all the yo-yos back and forth. Um, I mean, I've been to basically every football game of relevance, so you know the the Big Twelve championships stick out. Um, I've I've been to some of the heartbreaks too. I was at the Baylor game in 2012. I was at the Big Twelve championship in '98. 
Um, I think the Iowa State game a couple years ago where all they had to do was basically take a knee and we scored two touchdowns in like the last 90 seconds and one in regulation. That was insane. Um, so those are the ones that come to mind immediately. I'm sure there are a couple more that I'm missing. I mean, obviously it wasn't quite as dramatic, but the Nebraska game in 1998 was such a big deal. I mean, we were looking at that for a year and, um, you know, to finally pull that off. And that was, that was senior day. And that was my last home game as a student. And it was incredible. And I lived it up for all that it was worth. I wish I could remember. I mean, I was there seven years old. I I remember like bits and pieces. I more so remember like before the game, like being at my house and uh, like packing up the van and the drive there, but like the game itself, I have no fucking idea. I remember afterwards, like being on the field uh, with people, like being on somebody's shoulders, but yeah, yeah really no detail of the game at all. And it's just crazy. You think about the fact that they installed the unbreakable goalposts like silently a week before. I can't believe Bill Snyder let that happen, whether he knew about it or not. Um, and we still fucking tore them down and took them to Aggieville and put them on top of Rusty's. And uh, it was great because, you know, it's mid-November. It, the weather was perfect. It was like 74 degrees. So Aggieville was packed. I had friends who had an apartment above what's now Kites and lots of kegs of beer. And it was just, it was almost like we won a national championship, the celebration. It was great. Happy or sad, have you ever cried at a K-State game? Oh, or yeah. Or because of a K-State game? Oh, yeah. Um, I... I think I cried um, when we won the Big 12 championship at 20. Eh, maybe not. I was just – that was more just pure elation. I don't think that made me cry. Um, the 98 game took me a long time to recover from, and I don't think it was immediate, but I think, like, on the car ride home the next day, I was I was pissed off, and I might have shed a tear or two. And uh, I, th- I think one also fell down my, my cheek in Waco, and I left a little bit of my soul there, which it can just – it's going to stay because I'm never going back to that hell-forsaken place. I was there in 98, and I remember seeing grown men cry leaving that stadium. Yeah. It was – I mean – I don't need to explain to anyone the culmination of all the things that that was mm. and just the way it all went down every every heartbreaking aspect of it it was it was like it was designed to break you <laughs> it did it broke a lot of people yeah. um i i mean there were we have like some family friends that uh we had gone to ba- gone to the games with for you know every game sat next to each other season tickets and um they drove home that night. Like, they were like, "Fuck it, we're not staying." We're driving. We, they drove through the night from San Antonio back to Kansas City, through the night. Oh, that game was in St. Louis. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. My bad. Yeah, I'm. I always kind of conflate the two because it, they feel so similar. Because yep. I also went to the Alamo Bowl. But yes, of course, St. Louis. But yes. So, so my I guess story that makes the drive much easier. Yeah, I don't even know if I've told you this off pod. Um, what makes it extra excruciating was like a year before my mom had moved to Arizona and um, I had bought plane tickets like that summer to spend all of winter break there. And so I was in Arizona for two weeks in 1998 
knowing the Fiesta Bowl was going to be there, and obviously if it was, I was there. I was still in Arizona for the Fiesta Bowl, and I didn't I didn't get to go to the Alamo Bowl or anything. And I watched Tennessee win that national championship. I watched K State lose Purdue. Sickening. All that in Arizona because like it was. Again, it was all set up to be perfect, and uh, it just ripped my heart out. And I'm still not over it to this day. Yeah, and I think gross. anything short of winning a national championship will not change that. Do you have a koozie yet, by the way? I have a Bosco Boys koozie. I uh, I don't have my recurring guest koozie. Okay, so we'll, we'll, we'll take care of that at some we'll point. We'll have to get on Scott to send you one. I was looking for it, but I think I'm out of those. Uh, yeah, I, I told him not to worry about it because uh, I'd see you at some point, and then it just never happened, but that's all right. Let's chat a little bit about today's squads, starting with hoops. Um, you're the eternal optimist. It's been two horrendous years back to back, but you know what? With what with we have uh, returning and some of the transfers coming in, and we, I mean we have 14 scholarship players for the first time in a long time. What's your pulse check on the hoops team for next year? I like the signs I saw late in the year. Um, everyone has the excuse, but just how messed up a year that was it's it's hard to judge too much and I think at least for me Bruce has enough equity to to at least have seen the build through the transfers were disappointing I'm not going to pretend to know anything about the guys coming in other than what the real experts say Um, but I'm optimistic uh, based on building what we did last year having a full off season hopefully you know one of the things we missed was uh, a lot of those shitty non-conference games where you can really find your identity, find out who works together, and then we're just thrown in at the deep end. So um, I think expecting a tournament bid is probably a bit much, but being in contention and um, you know finishing somewhere between fifth and seventh in the league, I think is not unreasonable. And um, you know if I'm seeing progress, I don't see any reason to hit the reset button. It's it's such a it's such a disruptive change when you do that and you don't know what you're going to get. So, um, I'm, I'm optimistic. I trust Bruce. I trust the staff. I love what I'm hearing about like Shane Southwell, just kicking ass on the recruiting cycle. And, uh, I've always, I've always had a real soft spot for him anyway. So, um, yeah. And that's kind of one of my, one of my soapbox things is even if I disagree with the hire or don't love that someone came in, you know, unless they're like, a garbage human for whatever reason. Once they're a K-Stater, I'm for him. I didn't love Bruce Heyer when he came in, but you know what? He There's a lot of evidence that he did a great job. And um, so once anyone's in purple, I'm for him, no matter what. And then, you know, if if it's time to make a change, it's time to make a change. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to root for him to succeed and prove me wrong. I think finishing between five and seven in the league would probably garner a tournament bid. Probably. Depending on what happened uh, in the non-con. I still remember that damn year of Huggins. We finished fourth in the Big 12 and that somehow was, didn't make a tournament. So I mean, that was the dumbest fucking thing in the world. Yeah. And, and, and you know, that'll be part of it, right, is if we finish kind of, you know, in a log jam of fifth and seventh and have a shitty non-conference schedule, um, you know, that might that might hurt us enough to uh, to keep us out. But, I don't know, the fact we're talking about the heady heights of going to tournament again I think is a good sign. And we've got some components there, and, um, you know, hopefully the team will mature together and continue to develop. I think we'll be a bubble team next year. We'll see, though. So you basically answered my next two questions, where you stand on Bruce, obviously we know. Um yeah, let's switch to football. I personally, uh, I take everything that happened last season 
with kind of a grain of salt. I think, you know, it truly was. It was a COVID year. I don't hold much against the, co- the coaching staff, really, both ways, um, but more so in football. Um, while they're not perfect, I still feel, you know, perfectly safe saying that I'm confident with the direction of the program with this staff under Kleiman. How harshly do you judge the staff and the team after last year? I mean, we lost five in a row, ended four and six. There were a lot of questionable things happening. Yeah, that was that was rough. That was disappointing. Um, not entirely a free pass, but mostly, you know, especially with Skylar Hurt, we saw how differently the team played. But um, their margin for error doesn't appear to be particularly high. And so I'm a little more interested in the process than the results in the kind of immediate term. Obviously, I want to win games, but um, are you building the program? Are you getting the right guys in? Are you developing the depth that we need, the quality we need, bringing in better players uh, to get to the point where uh, in 2022 we'll really be able to make the step? And, um, you know, how we how we progress throughout the year I think will be important. But um, I'm, I'm with you. I trust Coach Kleiman. I, I like him. I like what I've seen from him. And, um, you know, I just kind of want to see slow, steady steps toward respectability. And then, uh, you know, if we can beat Oklahoma every year, that'll – That'll help make everyone feel better. Yeah, I don't know if we're going to make it three in a row. Um, I didn't think we'd make it one or two. I didn't either. I mean, shit. I'd like to get back to beating Iowa State. That 45-0 still sticks with me. Um, so, Kleiman, still the right man for the job. Yeah, I think so. I um, agree. I, I, I'm, I'm kind of of the mindset, even leaving code and, and uh, substantial finances out of it, that – you don't make a move until it's blatantly obvious that someone's got to go. Because, again, the wrong hire can set you back a long way, and you don't want to deal with that. Yeah, I just think you have to view – you have to view last season not only, like, with extreme nuance, but you have to do it differently for every program. K-State, in particular, right. is far more – vulnerable to COVID and everything that was going on than a team like Oklahoma or Texas who are, you know, the spoiled one thing, with to, with talent, you know. Yeah, the thing I would like to see toward getting really where we want to be is start blowing out a couple of teams a year because it seems like, you know, the last several years, every win we've had has been fairly close, even the teams you would expect us to blow out. I think we dominated a non-conference team uh, two years ago, but – Really, you gotta you gotta just destroy a couple people, get the twos and the threes playing, and then um, then you don't have have so many games just like hinging on one possession, one stupid play, one penalty. Um, you know, build that margin for error up a little bit so that you can beat the teams like the Baylor. That was that was the most frustrating game last year for me that was, was losing that awful. game to Baylor. Well, we should ask Lance Leopold if we can play him a few more times. <laughs> That'll give us a chance to get into the twos and threes. That's he seems like I'd he might be competent, but hopefully the stench of Lawrence will uh, keep him from it. I just can't imagine anyone. I mean, he, that's the best hire they could have made, but I just don't. I don't know. He's 59. How old is he? I'm not sure. 60s? I, yeah, I, I, I spent exactly that's as much effort worrying about KU football as they merit. I mean, that's fair. I just can't imagine that this guy, Lance Leopold, age. I don't know, man. I don't really worry about it. There was a lot of, like, chat. Oh, he's 56. That's not bad. 
there's a lot of chatter that I'm seeing of people like actually worrying about KU and it's like what the fuck is wrong with you? Worry about yourself. <laughs> yeah. If 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 K State is what we expect K State to be and I I'm realistic. I think being middle of the pack Big Twelve for all the resources and opponents we have is pretty reasonable. And then when you when you have a good year or two, put it together and uh, you know compete for a conference championship. But um, you know if K State worries about K State, and I know they will, then beating KU will take care of itself. What kind of season do you expect um, from Skyler? Skyler's solid, and I th- I think if anyone didn't appreciate him, his absence made made folks appreciate him. Um, first of all, I hope it's entirely healthy. Um, I'd like to see him get beat up a little bit less. Um, but it, it, he kind of has the intangibles, and, and so many of the important things about a quarterback don't jump off the page. It's making your reads. It's doing the right thing, even, even pre-snap. So um, I think he'll be solid if he's among the top half of quarterbacks in the league. We'll be pretty good. And I, I, I don't remember exactly who who all's coming back from the other teams. I think there's quite a bit of quarterback turnover, so hopefully that should bode well for us. I think him coming back was a big deal because I think uh, throwing everyone else in at the deep end might have been asking a lot. I think we're gonna probably run him less. Um, I mean, it sounds like they're working on like a lot of wildcat stuff for Will Howard, so we'll probably see a lot of run packages for him. I don't know if I love that necessarily. I mean, he's shown that I guess he's a competent runner. But that's typically when he has acres of space in front of him. So right. I don't really know. But he's added like 15, 20 pounds, I think. So we'll see. Um, I don't know if – I mean, I hate when people put in – or I hate when teams or coaches put in like a second quarterback specifically to like run the ball because you're just fucking telegraphing exactly what you're going to do. And I guess having an actual quarterback do that is good because, you know, he can throw the ball. Yeah, my hope there is that they're kind of holding some things behind and really setting up with tape until, you know, until they really need to throw out of that. You know, some of the things that we did with Glenn Gronkowski throwing to him out of clear run sets and, um, you know, that's the thing. If it's a quarterback, it's someone who throws a football. And so if you can you can scheme your way to someone getting lazy and falling asleep on third and one um, – I think those are things that we can exploit. Got to got to get some big plays. I think I think those will be game changers because it's just so hard to move the ball down the field slowly, time after time after time. Do you think there's going to be full capacity? I've been pretty skeptical about all of that the whole time. I'd like to see it. I wish people would fucking get vaccinated at large, um, just to to help us move along and get there. So. Um, I think by the end of the season, there probably will be maybe maybe one of the early games they might not be able to do it. Well, are you going to Stanford? Because I guarantee you that's obviously going to be full capacity. It's in Texas. Yeah, I'm planning on going. Um, I don't know. I I don't really love Dallas all that much. Sorry to all our uh, <laughs> DFW Wildcats out there. But, um, yeah, I'm going to go, and I'll be interested to see what the crowd's like there. I'm, I'm sure the Texas Cats will show up. I think Stanford will bring dozens of people, and um, I, yeah. I, I'm afraid it might be a pretty meager crowd in a massive stadium. It could be. Yeah, that's a bit of a worry, but I don't know. It could also be, like, a huge coming-out party. People like, I can't believe that we haven't been to a game in over a year. Plus, Let's it's Labor Day weekend, I think. So Labor Day weekend? Yeah. It's my 30th birthday. Oh, so everybody's going to be there. Everybody's going to be there. Um, all right, tell me who your guys are on offense and defense, and then we're going to jump into some 
random questions from people. On the current squad, um, obviously Deuce. I mean, you just got to love Deuce. Um, I don't know. I'm pretty picky when it comes to picking favorites, and no one else is like blowing my doors off. So I'm going to have to stick with him. Um, the the sounds of some of the transfers coming in. Um, I like what we did with Briley Moore last year and uh, the transfer from Illinois tight end. I'm not going to try his name because I've only seen it printed. Um, I, I, I like the sound of some of the things he can do. And then, yeah, let's get let's get Malik Knowles and uh, one other partner like looking like real uh, Big 12 caliber starting wide receivers. Um, I'll be happy. I agree. I hope uh, – I have high hopes for Keenan Garber. He may obviously do nothing because he's never <laughs> done anything, um, but I like the chatter around him um, coming out of camp. I think he's got potential. Um, On defense, even though we only saw him for a couple games, I loved what T.J. Smith brought. Yeah, he's a psycho. Yeah, he was He was just like – he reminded me of the old days of, like, Mario Smith, and even though they played different uh, positions, like Jeff Kelly flying, hitting people. Terry Pierce was – a monster and he just reminded me of uh, a linebacker just going out there and destroying everything in his path and maybe that's why he got hurt and didn't last very long but uh, I I loved what he brought and I'm excited to see what he can do as a disruptor Um, obviously you have to have all the assignment sound stuff as well but it's nice to have someone who just goes there and destroys people yeah we really need him by the way I mean our secondary is looking a little thin at the moment, and if he could ref- uh, fill that nickel position, that would be pretty huge. I'm excited to see Julius Brents um, probably the most. People talk about him like being a real NFL um, corner contender. He's got crazy length, 6'3 corner. Looking forward to seeing him. Um, that's about it. Let's talk about some random shit. Before All right, we do that, random stuff. Let's I go. gotta read these ads. I gotta talk about our ads that I haven't even done yet. Um, and we got a new one, which I've already talked about because I'm gonna have to re-record this prior. This is going great. Um, Kansas City Steaks is one of our new ones, which is oh. pretty dope. But of course, folks, head over to Bet Online. Um, Bet on the NFL is coming up. The draft was just done. Kentucky Derby just ended. UFC, MMA, that's popping off these days. Um, Royals are first in the division. Yeah, I was in Iowa Check last week. Out. I saw them at 16-1 to 1 to win the division still. I think I think getting in on that number before they build a big lead, that, that, was, a, that was a pretty sexy number. That would be wise. Um, NHL, NBA, all the good stuff. Um, college football will be here before you know it, so head on to betonline.ag. And, um, of course, join us on Thursdays for our live shows. Um, locker room, it's free to download. You talk to me, you talk to Scott, other fans, other listeners. We might get some athletes on there sometime. It's, it's pretty fun. It's perfect for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, reacting to breaking news which we haven't done anything like that yet. Um, but I think it'll be pretty good for, like, quick take, hot takes. So you can pop on and anyone can join. It's great. It's actually really fun. I thought it was going to be stupid. And it was just another thing that we had to do. But it is pretty fun. Um, and, of course, Kansas City Steaks. Visit KansasCitySteaks.com. Get 10% off your order. Free shipping with the code SD at checkout. It's USDA Prime, American-style Kobe, um, hard-to-find specialty cuts, and more. Kansas City Steaks, they have everything you need to know. Fire up the grill. Sounds great. I kind of want one right now. I could use a steak. Um, I think that's it. 
Now let's hop into some random questions. Okay, folks, firing it up. Sorry if I don't. I mean, Andre asked like 50 questions as usual. Um, the chef's always good for the that. Chef is a question fiend. But let's start with Phil, because we're just going to go in chronolog chronological order from what I have here. Grant, what is a crazy medical story you can share? Fuck. I should have thought about this. I'm going to come back to that. Um, so don't let me forget that. All right. Uh, Fear the Paw, Scrappy Claws. What is the last movie you've seen in theater? I went and saw Minari about three weeks ago at the Screenland up north. There were like four people in the theater. It was great. Man. I want to say. And I'm not a big movie watcher. That was the first time I've been in a theater for a couple of years. Yeah, you haven't seen shit. Um, I think Avengers Endgame, which is a long ass time ago. It was either that or Us. Which I didn't like, to be honest. Um, Andre, if you play esports, are you considered an athlete? I consider that a skill, not a sport. Um, I don't want to denigrate them in any way because it's it's obviously something to it, and they're doing a great job. But um, I it definitely does not make you athletic. I think if you're no. an athlete, you're athletic. Yeah, it doesn't make you an athlete, but. Um it certainly does make you a pro at something. Right. Um, Andre, how many days is leftover pizza acceptable to eat? I would say that I typically would let it go about three days. And then I pop it. I mean, it's always good pretty much in the air fryer. Yeah, so, I got to get one of those. I've, I've heard the hype. I don't have one. They are elite. I've I don't think I've cookies. ever. I've been making chocolate chip cookies in the air fryer. Oh. And you put them in there for like six minutes and it makes a perfect crispy outer shell gooey center it's crazy i don't think i've ever had pizza last more than two days so i don't know how much further it can <laughs> but um rather than a hard fast rule just look at it smell it make sure make sure you're not uh gonna regret it later the chef top three disney princesses what are what's the criteria i think in a disney movie and a princess Man. um i haven't well, watched right. <laughs> i haven't watched enough disney movies to really know i mean god i i don't know i I saw Frozen. One of them was a princess. Well, I guess both of them were princesses, so those would have to be two. Um, I'm going to just say top three Disney female protagonists because I don't really care about the princess aspect of it. I haven't watched I a haven't Disney movie for like... I actual princesses. Yeah. I I don't have kids. I, princess, princess. I haven't watched dis many Disney movies in my day. Um but I, I remember liking Jasmine from Aladdin. I thought she was badass. Jasmine, is she's fire, for sure. Jasmine, so she's an actual princess. That's one. Duh, she's going to be in the top three. Um, there's not a lot of princesses, though. I think now there are. Think about we're it, just probably the wrong audience for it. I don't think there is. I mean, when we're thinking, like, Disney bangers, Little Mermaid, she's a princess. She's not a princess, though. Is she? I never, I never watched it. I don't know. Technically, she, I guess she probably is. Her dad's a king, so okay. Well, I I should like probably her. Probably be in there. I should like her because she's on Team Redhead. I guess I don't know. Well, then I know exactly how you're gonna answer this next question. But uh, I'm gonna throw, do a, a curveball and throw in Esmeralda in there. She's not a princess. She's a gypsy, but I'm breaking the rules and she gets in the top three. Pocahontas honorable mention. She's great. Uh, Curtis Dawson. Gilligan's Island, Ginger or Marianne? Oh, 100% Marianne. 
She's not the ginger, though, right? No, and I'm yeah, not, Marianne. I I'm agree. not really into okay. gingers, but you know, I gotta, I gotta oh, shout them out one. since I am one. But <laughs> okay. yeah, I mean, yeah, just kind of the the easy charm as opposed to the big effort got to be made up. But just no, that's not for me. Never seen the show. Looked them up yesterday. Marianne. You've never seen that, really. Marianne easily. God, talk about something that dates us. That was on all the time when I was growing up. It, now it was it was reruns, but uh, you know it was what TBS would play during the day and stuff. Back to the chef. Ten free throw attempts right now with no warm ups. How many do you make? I don't remember the last time I shot a basketball. It's been on the order of years, so I'm gonna go with three or four. I'm gonna say six. Okay. Uh, maybe, yeah, I'll say six. Definitely six. Um, Chef, again, who's the most influential person in your life? It's a good question. Oh, man, we, we got deep all of a sudden. <sighs> That's a good question. Yeah, I mean, the easy answer is parents, so we should probably just, like... That's the easy strike one. Strike them from the conversation. Um, At this point, I could probably say my son. Well, yes, of it's course. Pretty, you're pretty your new influence. father. He's he's influencing every aspect of your life, right? Yeah, it's insane. I'm gonna have to pass on that. I don't really have a good answer. I'm sorry. Well, you said your parents, right? That works. Yeah. All right, chef, throwing in a wrench here. Would you rather have to watch your parents have sex for the rest of your life, or join in one time and never have to watch again? It's fucking honestly the easiest question. <laughs> I would rather watch them forever. I'm not going to have sex with either of my parents because you do that, you're watching it anyways in your mind for the rest of your life. Oh, good. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Maybe and you your can... relationship is over. <laughs> the only thing I can think of is maybe you get blackout drunk to where like the moment goes away, but um, there's, there's no winner in that conversation. My parents are divorced, so maybe do I get an out because they wouldn't choose to either? I don't know. I think, yeah. I was listening to Tom Segura's podcast, and he had a question kind of similar to that. It's basically like, I don't know, they always show these clips of people, and there's one guy that always makes an appearance who's just like this absolutely insane, like, meth head psycho who is clearly, like, unhinged and violent. And the question posed was, would you rather have sex with this guy one time or have to watch your parents, like, coming for like a month straight and an overwhelming amount of people were like i would rather have sex with this person which i think is absolutely crazy you'd rather actually have sex with like a completely unhinged psychopath when where anything could happen i mean thank goodness we live in a world where neither <laughs> is an option that's true i'm watching my parents come though i'm gonna be honest um, <laughs> oh cut that for a clip please <laughs> scrappy claws what was your favorite childhood show growing up? This is a tough question, actually. There's so much good stuff. I mean, are we going to like restrict this to an age period? You because can say whatever you when, want. God, you can throw many. When you're many eight, you it's want. different than when you're 16. Um, I this is random, but I remember really liking Quantum Leap when I was growing up. That was a that was a really good show. Quantum leap. Yeah, it was. It was, it was about. It was about time travel. But like he, he would, uh, he would end up in different people's bodies at different points throughout time, and like try to have to figure out what's going on. He would just r wake up randomly in like 1958 as like some teenage girl or something, 
and like have to write a wrong or something within an hour. It, it's, it sounds like a weird premise, but it was pretty good. I remember liking that. I'm sure there are other ones. You know, I loved, I loved Cheers as a sitcom and, uh, you know, there was, there was a ton of good stuff growing up, but those, those are the two that come to mind immediately right away. I'm trying to think of shows that I would watch when I like got home from school that were on every day. I mean, when I was really young, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, Elite. Have you ever heard of Beetleborg? The Beetleborgs or whatever? No. Yeah, I'm sure our children's shows that are be quite a bit different. That was the what? fucking dumbest. It was a terrible show. I mean, it was like, it was on when I was in elementary school. Uh, and <laughs> I mean, it was like elementary school age kids that had like superpowers, but they would like morph into beetles. That was their like, we're the Beetleborgs. It was fucking stupid. But I remember watching that. Uh, I mean, I grew up watching like Seinfeld every single day. So that kind of shaped me. Yeah, that was that was excellent. That was that was at the height of its powers when I was in high school. So we would uh, we'd definitely watch that. There was, I tell you, Grant, in the eighties, there was some shitty children's television. Thinking <laughs> back, it some of the stuff was just laughably bad. Yeah, I believe you. Uh, the chef, is there a heaven? I think no, but if there is, it's in Manhattan, Kansas. Oh, good, great answer. I don't know. I'll just say, I don't know. Maybe. Maybe not. Um, back to Scrappy Claws. If you could go back in time to relive either a specific event or a certain stage in life, what event or period in time would you choose and why? Mm. How long is the stage of life? I don't know. Let's call it a five-year window. Wow. I mean, that's probably the move, right? But... Now you're fucking with like the space time continuum. There's all sorts of different rules we need I need to know. I've got changing the trajectory of everything. I don't know. That's those are to so totally different things. If you're talking butterfly effect, I've got one, but I'll have to tell you off pod because it would be kind of controversial and I don't <laughs> I don't want that recorded. But um you, you know, looking back as as we've kind of joked about, I'm an old man, I'm way older than you. And I just look back at the years like post-college, you know, when you're like 22 to 27, 28. It's just like, man, yeah. that was time. You're living it up. You're finally, you finally have some money. You don't have a ton of responsibility and uh, you can do everything. And then, you know, it's just like, God, where did that go? And how did I get here? So it goes so fast. <laughs> so I think those times were excellent because college is great, but you know, you're, you're kind of just scrap it on you no and you have money. no money and then all of a sudden even if you have a job that doesn't pay great compared to what you had you have a shitload of money and it's excellent plus uh plus if you drink too much it doesn't hurt as much the next day i think that's a pretty good answer um as far as events go i think it'd be fun well i'd still be seven years old so i probably wouldn't really fucking understand the nebraska game again <laughs> so that would be yeah. kind of stupid to be seven years old and watch it again um, I don't know. You know what I wonder about is uh, if that Butler game goes differently. Like, mm, yeah. first of all, you're hanging a Final Four banner, and then I'm not convinced that team wasn't national championship caliber. You know, you're playing Michigan State in the Final Four, who Butler ended up beating, and then, um, you know, that was – was that yeah, that was the year that Duke ended up – beating them by two points and they almost hit that buzzer beater from half court to win the whole national championship so i that duke team was tough but i'm not convinced that we we couldn't have done some more damage in that tournament if that butler game goes differently that game was painful 
That's all I have to say. Yeah, about I, that. you know, I might have cried after that one too. I was so so mad. Oh. I I just because that game was at like two o'clock Salt Lake time. So I just went back to the hotel and pouted by myself in the room for like eight hours. Yeah. Fear the claw. I mean, no, fear the paw. Scrappy claws. If you could extend a discontinued TV series an additional season, which show would you choose? That's a good one. Um, man. One show comes to mind just because it's been in the news recently. Uh... And now I'm blanking on the fucking name. It was on Netflix. It was about serial killers. Uh, I don't know. People will know what I'm talking yeah. about. <laughs> so for me, um, there was a sitcom. I don't know. It ended six or seven years ago called Happy Endings. It never got a lot of traction, but it was fucking hysterical. It was super high paced. It's out on Hulu and stuff, I think, still. Um, it was excellent, and it had really found its voice, and the characters were fantastic, and it was funnier than shit, but just not enough people watched it. And I think they could have done another season of that. Um, really, I think most TV shows end up, you know, they get popular, and they're just raking in the money, and they end up going too far, and it just is garbage by the time it's over. So I think, yeah. I think most go too long, then end too soon, but Happy Endings came to mind immediately because that shit was hilarious. Mindhunter from Netflix. Um, another show, Party Down. Have you ever seen Party Down? I didn't, but I remember seeing about it. It's and one of the funniest shows ever. Great. It's fucking great. It it deserves more. You should definitely watch that. It's so funny. Is it uh, streaming somewhere? I think so. I think you probably watch it on Prime or something. Uh, but that's that's easily my answer. Um, Scrappy Claws, most underrated barbecue spot in Kansas City. Dan, what do you what say you? Um. I don't think it's underrated per se because people like it a lot. It's just never, it seldom comes up in the conversation of the place you have to go. I think Slaps in KCK is excellent. I really like it. So as far as underratedness goes, um, I would go with that. But I always tell people when they come here, if if you want barbecue in Kansas City, it's going to be good because if it's not, it's just not going to survive. So I'm sure there are a dozen under-the-radar spots that I just haven't been to that I need to check out. But Slaps is the one that came to mind immediately. Slaps is on my list. Um, Scott's Kitchen. Have you ever been there? I haven't even heard of it. That's pretty good. See, these are the things I need to know about. And then there's a place called A Little Barbecue Joint. That's pretty good. Um, but yeah, Slaps was like number one on my list right here. Great minds, man. Um, Phil, P. Manual 50. What's your favorite color? I don't think I have a favorite color, to be completely honest. I like green a lot. I kind of like I'll go green, with green, too. I, I, I look also, good in green. I also like orange. Um, I can't wear orange because I would just be a carrot from head to toe. <laughs> but, yeah. So I'd have to go with green. That, that gets a tiebreaker because I can actually wear it. I look pretty good in green. You look good can't in everything, lie. Grant. Thank you. That's, that's too kind. Who was your celebrity crush as a kid? Man, um, so many. I mean, a, a lot. I had a lot of celebrity crushes. Um, as a kid, uh, what's her name? Who was Dark Angel? Remember that TV show? Jessica. Jessica Alba. Alba. She was really hot in that show. Yeah, she's younger than me, so that's definitely not as a kid. But Elijah Dushku or whatever. Yeah. From. Uh, uh, True Lies. True Lies. <laughs> yeah, she was really young in that. Yeah, movie. she was young. Um, still looked good though. Yeah. 
would have been my age, so it would have been fine. Uh, what else? She, she was in Bring It On, I think, and I was like, Jesus Christ, she's so hot. I, I did not watch that, Grant. I'm sorry. Well, I, I, I've got to protect my reputation up. as not seeing a lot of movies. If I would have seen Bring It On, but not all the other stuff people expect, that would reflect poorly upon me, but uh, that it wouldn't be inaccurate. I think my first crush was Alyssa Milano when she was on Who's the Boss. I um, thought she was really hot on Charmed. I fucking hated that show. <laughs> I never watched it, but I remember being like, the cast is hot, and I liked that about it. Yeah, that wasn't an accident. I also remember really having a crush on Susanna Hoffs, the lead singer of the Bangles, when like Walk Like an Egyptian came out and stuff. And I think she was in Howard the Duck, too. God, I feel like there's a lot. Um, oh, I could go on forever, but... Tawny from Even Stevens, very hot. <laughs> no idea who that Loved is. Loved her. She was, she was great. Um, we could probably leave it at that. Yeah, yeah, we don't need to go on forever. Suffice to say, I have a type. Um, I think that's it. I gotta go back to that medical question. I don't know, man. <sighs> the problem is that everything kind of blurred together after like four years being on the floor. I mean, there's been several times where I've had like both my hands inside people's like bodies in wounds, just like all the way in their body. God, we have different jobs. Man. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there was one like lady that was like really drugged out um that got like completely naked and was like standing up and screaming at the devil that's probably not good naked i didn't I'm guessing. like that one yeah. that one was scary and those ones are always fucking terrifying when you have to like restrain people and you're afraid that uh something bad's gonna happen i got i did get stabbed in the hand by an old black uh old black guy who was like demented what did he Nothing stab you happened. with a fork. <laughs> a fork, okay. I was trying to get the fork. I mean, like, we were, like, standing. We were in a standoff for, like, a really fucking long time. And uh, he stabbed me. <laughs> and I had to talk to the police about it. My goodness. All I, I do, didn't file anything. All I have to do is work on computers. It's great. Damn, I know there's some. Oh, man. I had, like, a when I was working nights. Uh, so I used to be in the float pool, which means I would float everywhere to every unit and just, like, so it was great because I could see I would work on any unit, really, uh, wherever I was needed. So I saw pretty much every type of, like, nursing in the hospital. And one night I was working, <laughs> and I got an admit at, like, I don't know, 1 or 2 in the morning. And they were, like, 800 pounds. Oh and my. they came in, like, it was like nothing I'd ever seen in my entire life. Like, they had not sat up in, like, three years, apparently. Did you have to help move this person? I mean, it yeah, just it was like impossible. Got the logistics of that. I mean, there was like ten people that had to do it. Um, I mean, it was crazy. It was really sad. But uh, this person apparently hadn't sat up in like over three years, so they had been like, "It's." I wish I could draw it for you, but imagine like you're sitting on your stomach or you're sitting on your your butt, and you're seven hundred pounds, and your face. So like their face was just like in their belly, for years my goodness and they just had like sores and like horrible shit all over them it was not good um i have no idea what happened to them because like short after they came in they got like immediately transferred to the icu so hopefully that person has maybe turned it around a little bit i don't know but um that's all we got man that's it all right questions are done people know a little bit more about the current trivia holder 
you're going to be back on sometime when we have trivia again. Which yeah, so I I want some challengers. I'm you know I've won twice and I'm fortunate to have done it, but I'm not unbeatable. You know I know my cat stuff, but I don't I think kn- you're going to lose. Well, I, you know I feel pretty good about things, but I I can be beaten. It's you know, funny. There's some like, smart people out there who know a lot of stuff about K State. It's and funny. I was I was. I was in a world of shit the last one, but I just kind of rallied at the end and had some good strategy going. So yeah, who was the dude that I, Cody Icern or whatever he did? He was really good. I yeah, I think I think it was him. He kind of yeah. pissed it away in the very end. Yeah, and and I I got a little lucky and rallied. But it's funny, man, when you get on trivia. I mean, and I do know a lot of random shit about <laughs> a lot of things, but especially K State. Like you and Jimmy are similar. You have like encyclopedic knowledge of K State. Jimmy, Jim, Jimmy's the man. He but knows. Jimmy's terrible. When it comes to like on the spot like trivia, he's not very good at it. It's very it's funny to see. Yeah, well he's he's so good with the analysis and the numbers, and he actually puts work in, and I just kind of absorb what's around, and hopefully I don't forget it. Yeah, Jimmy's the man. Um, he's like been on half of our shows. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, so. I got to meet him. Thank in God a couple for of him. basketball games the last couple of years. So it was it was cool meeting him face to face. Shout out to Jimmy. Um, well, Dan, thanks for coming on. Um, thanks for burning 50 minutes with me. Yeah, it was fun. Um, Congratulations gotta, on the on the new baby as well. He's adorable, and you're a lucky man. He is a good boy. Um, he cries a lot. I'm really, really tired. But, um, yeah, that's it. Folks, check out um, Casey Stakes, Bet Online, and, of course, join us on Thursdays for Locker Room. And Dan has one more thing to plug. Of course, go ahead. Take yeah, as a uh, as a board member on the KC Cat Backers, we're really trying to do some cool things. Obviously, the pandemic interrupted us a lot, but uh, hopefully things will get completely back to normal this fall for football season. We'll have some watch parties. We'll continue with our meetings. We've got some cool speakers. But uh, the one thing that we do definitely have scheduled is the golf tournament, which is always a good time. A lot of great cats get together. Uh, this year, we're, we changed it up a little bit. We're going up north, and we're playing at Shoal Creek on July 26th. So... A lot of good Wildcats out there. We've gotten uh, a pretty good response so far on registrations. But, um, yeah, so please come join us for for a day golf on July 26th. That's a Monday. It's a great course. I really like it, but it's not entirely unfair. And it's a scramble anyway. So come hang out with us. If you hit one in the woods, it doesn't matter because your partner just piped one in the fairway. So uh, it's a good time. So I'd I'd love to see a bunch of people out there and uh, hear who all joined from Bosco's Boys. I would absolutely love to join that. There's nothing like a good scramble. Um, But that's it, folks. Thanks for listening. Meet me at the Cathead.
Social Podcast Network.